Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another edition to the Point Podcast. Everybody's doing well. We're here on a Thursday, normally Tuesday, technical difficulties Tuesday. The internet just said no thanks to, uh, to yours truly, but we are back today. And as always, my great co-host Seamus Moore, or should I say the biggest Michael Bunting super fan that I know. Uh, Shay, how are you feeling about the uh, Maple Leafs preseason thus far? Good. Nice little hat trick for Michael Bunting. Kind of getting you a little, little shivers. He's going to play, you know, maybe top six. You know, is he a 30 goal scorer? Who knows? But uh, we're, no, I'm excited. It's uh, it's good. I know it's only Ottawa, and they're they're not much to brag about. But still, I'm happy happy to see another dub in the preseason. But what what were your thoughts? I don't know if you get to watch any. I know. No, I did watch so some of it uh, last yeah. night. Flip between that and the the Blue Jays game. But uh, I, I he's good. Um, Camp I think could be a good third line center. I'd rather play camp at center than Kerfoot because, as you know, uh, I have no faith in him playing center. I wait. You don't. You don't love Alex Kerfoot. Is that what you're saying? And I don't love him. No. Know I, I like him better on the wing. I'll give him that. But um, yeah, uh, my big my big worry for those type guys is I, I don't worry about bunting scoring, but camp, Mikheyev, uh, a lot of those guys are similar where their hands are you know oven mitts, and I kind of worry about offensive production from the bottom six yeah I think that's going to be the biggest struggle this year there's going to have to be I don't know someone someone just coming out of the blue I hope this Andre Kostra guy kind of comes up big mm. but he might even have to play in the top six now that Hyman's gone so it's it's going to be it's going to be a wild win but that's what three seasons for kind of give it a, a little feel um maybe I'm wrong is has Robertson even played yet he played last night yeah how did he look um I I think he's a good player, but I don't think he's NHL ready yet. I I just there's something about he hasn't played a ton of hockey in the last year. What to be fair to uh, to Nick with COVID and everything, but I, if it, if I was the GM, and I get Toronto's probably in a little bit of a desperate position here because they know they need to play well, I would start mm-hmm. him in the American League. I don't know if they will, but that if I was running the show, that's probably what I would do because I don't think he's yeah. NHL already right now. Because you could probably say that he's the for prospects, or even if you call want to call him a prospect, he's probably their biggest prospect forward wise right now, right? I don't Absolutely. Think anyone else that, no, that like, takes the yeah. place. So. Yeah, their their prospect pool is pretty slim. I would say Robertson and then Amirov, uh, last year's first rounder uh, up front, and then. I don't know how you, they still call this guy a prospect, but Timothy Lilligren in his 83rd training camp, still trying to crack a roster here, but he, uh, I don't, again, I think he'll make the team as a seventh defenseman because I don't see a whole lot of depth. I don't see guys that really, if he, if he doesn't make the team this year, I don't think you ever will because that, uh, Matt Colwell, you see him making the team. I, I don't, uh, I don't love that situation. So I would say Lilligren is another guy with Sandine that will be on the Leafs roster come day one. Yeah, it's kind of sad because, I mean, neither one of those guys to me is a, a bonafide NHLer yet. But, you know, with uh, with opportunity, maybe they maybe they mm-hmm. get a little time and maybe they turn out to be something more. But who who, who knows, really? It's, it'll be interesting who Dubas cuts. Yeah, no, there are some interesting decisions uh, down the stretch here. Um Today, we're talking about episodes four and five of season four of Breaking Bad. We really, last week, we got into uh, Walter kind of, you know, trying to 
well, for lack of a better word, kill Gus, uh, get, get close to him, you know, get in position to, to get rid of his threat of him potentially losing his life. We see that Skyler and Walter have purchased a car wash. So that's big news, but really Shay, the, the bigger news here is just Jesse and his spiral back into drugs and just to back into a really, really negative uh, frame of mind. Yeah, if you if you were listening last week, you know that Jesse's kind of turned his house into this mosh pit like party house where you know people just come and go. They just basically abuse abuse the house. They abuse themselves really with you know drugs and alcohol. Homeless people, bikers, you know anyone. We've seen a big fat businessman like we were talking about last week. He's still there this week, um, and yeah, it's just all kinds of bad things going on around Jesse as, as a coping mechanism for uh, him killing Gail, essentially. Yeah, he's yeah hasn't dealt with it, and we'll get more into Jesse in this episode and what continues to happen, his lack of awareness in, in his own life. Um, but we start episode four entitled Bullet Points with our good buddy Mike Erman Trout, and he is in the – the, the back of a Los Palos Hermanos truck. Uh, it's a, you know, a shipping truck. You see them He's surrounded by, it looks like chicken uh, buckets and he's sitting back there, but it's, it's a truck that's, uh, it's got a freezer. It's got to keep everything, keep everything cold. So he's all bundled up. He's got gloves, hats, mitts on. And through the drive, we hear tires squeal and then uh, some, communication uh in spanish and then all of a sudden uh bullets start to fly yeah single bullet and then you know mike's kind of at this point perked up in in the freezer and what he does is he kind of gets uh behind a couple boxes and all of a sudden two machine guns just start going off inside um so at first when you're watching this you're thinking well maybe they're trying to steal the meth because we know that's how they've been Mm. transporting the meth by putting them in these batter buckets and then moving them across the country really and you're thinking, oh, they're probably just trying to steal it and then resell it. But that's not the case. They're actually just trying to destroy the truck itself, uh, not realizing that Mike's in there. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Yeah, they're clearly uh, sending a message that, uh, you know, they, they uh, somebody's sending a message to Gus, uh, basically, because they know how he ships it, like you said, and they're, they're kind of sending a message there. But as they fire multiple, multiple rounds through this truck, uh, they open the door and then two bullets. Mike has shot them both dead, but in the process, he's lost the, the top of his ear. A bullet has got him, went through, and he's lost. Basically, if you're looking on video, this part of your ear is now uh, a jar for poor Mike. Yeah, come out pretty unscathed though for taking, you know, mm-hmm. taking what's what seemed like probably 50 to 60 rounds to the truck. Um, but it also just shows how tough Mike is because he's just like, man, it's not, he's not wincing in pain. He just kind of touches it, sees the blood and he's like, man, that's, that's, that's just about it. So yeah, it's a, it's an interesting start to the episode. Definitely going to leave you thinking, okay, well, there's definitely problems um, clearly between the cartel and mm-hmm. Gus because, you know, this is, seems like a direct attack on him. Yeah. And just knowing, uh, you know, knowing you as well as I do, and, you know, we've watched a lot of movies together and shows. I love the cartel angle and I know you do too, because we've watched so many of these shows together and how interested, how interesting they can be. I, I love that. This is, you know, intertwined in the season. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It gets, it gets more and more deep rooted and yeah, you're right. I love, you know, I remember when Narcos first came out, mm-hmm. the, you know, one of the better Netflix, um, you know, original series 
And yeah, I just fell in love with it right away because, you know, this kind of stuff goes on and, you know, Pablo Escobar, the crazy things that he's done. And yeah, no, but the cartel angles, it's, you know, it's unbelievable. Another really, really good cartel movie. I don't know if you've ever seen a Chuggy is uh, Cicero. Have you ever seen mm, that before? Yeah. Yeah. It's very a, good. Great, great uh, Benicio del Toro movie that, you know, if you haven't, you know, you know, if you haven't watched anything about the cartel in a while, it's that's something you should uh, take a look into, but yeah, no, this is this is a big battle between, you can see the two grounds, not only between Gus and the cartel, but you can really feel like it's kind of the state's uh, size of the, you know, organized yeah. crime versus the, the Mexican side on the other, on the, on the other right. side of the border. Yeah, very good, very good point. Uh, so yeah, that, that's how it starts. Pivot to Skylar, and we know she's bought the car wash, but we really don't know how they're going to explain how they can buy a car wash. She's a unemployed recent you know a new mother um slash bookkeeper and he's a uh you know basically a, a former teacher because he's laid off at this point but he's not getting paid so she's researching gambling in the in the middle of the night she gets out of bed she's writing out some thoughts and when she gets up in the morning they um she she tells us that uh, she tells walt the next day that they they plan to tell hank and marie about walter and that he uh, basically had addiction to counting cards. Yeah, coming clean, but not fully coming clean, as you know, they've they've kind of mentioned. He's uh, they're finally going to expose it that way. They can come out about um, you know the car wash, how they paid for it, of course. And you know, it, it's really really funny. The title of this episode is called Bullet Points because she's got these kind of almost scripts down to a T, where you know they're she's going to execute perfectly how they're how she's going to explain to you know marine marie and hank and walter jr who they're telling for the yeah. first time um how you know how what, what happened to walter and you know why he was kind of crazy there for quite a while as you can remember he you know walked at one point as an alibi he kind of walked through a market with no clothes on just just yeah. to kind of uh, prove his insanity and it can, he's, they're going to tie in all those factors together so they kind of have this very descriptive plan Walter doesn't seem much use of it, but Skylar's uh, pretty got her heart on it that it's going to work. Yeah, she's written it out, you know, uh, Quentin Tarantino style, word for word. And they start practicing their lines and he he's just, he's so not, he hates it. And he goes like, uh, do I really have to say sorry twice? Like I seem, I would never say that. And he goes terribly, terribly. And he's just complaining the whole, and it's, it's this funny scene because he's just so negative and she goes, we need to sell this. And he kind of, he, he does his own thing. He finally finds his voice, so to speak. And he goes, how he's terribly, he's so sorry, so sorry. And he kind of writes in his own, own sentence and saying it, how he'd like it to be said yeah exactly it's it's funny like he's Skylar's clearly trying to make it seem like he's very apologetic and very sorry for what he did but it, you know Walter is not at all in fact he's you know he's if anything more proud that he's mm -hmm. been able to provide for his family in a matter you know that's not not probably ethical but at the same time he just doesn't want to admit that he's been doing something wrong which is kind of what this whole script is about right so after they figured it out they're also telling uh, Walter, yeah, like you said, Walter Jr., so he doesn't really know this. So we, they get to Hank's, and we see he's now in a wheelchair. He's moving around. by Things seem to be getting better. He's moving around by himself in the chair. 
And uh, when they get there, Marie and Skylar go to uh, set, you know, get dinner ready. And he shows Walt and uh, Junior his his minerals, but also he shows uh, you know Walter some of his case. And uh, part of that case is a is a video of Gail singing. And you can just see Walter's face kind of drop and get very white when we see Gail uh, singing on the screen. Yeah, the, the, the whole ghost of Gail just doesn't seem to want to go away from Walter. And you're right, he's, he's, he's petrified. He's thinking, oh, God, like they're, they're looking into his murder, you know, and more importantly, Tank, his brother-in-law is looking into the murder. What is he digging up? You know, is he, is he making the connection with the meth? Because for a while, we knew Hank was working on the meth case, mm-hmm. um, you know, with with uh, with Gomi and, you know, things got to be spinning. But it is a funny video. I don't what language was you think he was speaking or singing in that, yeah, in that um, video? I was wondering if it, it uh, if it's like Klingon or something like that from Star Trek. Maybe. Yeah, I, yeah. It was hard. It was hard to say, but I thought maybe Klingon. But yeah, he clearly Gail's an eccentric dude. Yeah, but he plays it to a T, which which mm-hmm. you gotta love. And you know, it, you, Hank just comes out and says it. You know, you should. This is he thinks that he's found his guy. You know, the, yeah. the blue meth. You know, this Heisenberg that Hank's been chasing all along. And we see in this episode that Hank's kind of come to terms with the fact that he's he's caught his you know his magnum opus, you could say, in in in. Um, this drug lord that he's been chasing for so long. Right. Yeah. He, yeah, he's, you're right. He's at peace. He even tells Tim later in the episode, I'm done with, with the case. Like I, I appreciate you keep me in the loop, but I don't want to be, but yeah, he, and, and we get to this in the next episode, Chad, but Walt is uncomfortable that he, you know, that, that this Gale is getting credit for something that he produced that he's, you know, he, he, he's the, uh, the master chef. Yeah. His, his hubris really, you know, it ends up being his downfall in, in this next episode. And we'll get into that after, but you're right. Yeah. He's, he, he hates the fact kind of like before when Jesse tried to go off and do the same recipe Walter did, you know, mm-hmm. he, he was, def- he was almost offended by it, even though he was technically at that point out of the game. And, and it was really just a, a tactic for Gus to get him back in by, you know, cooking meth that, was under his label but technically wasn't made by him right and another big interesting thing is they're looking at through his lab book and in the book there's this interesting little little piece where it says to ww my star my heart and (laughs) hank says i wonder who that could be willy wonka you know walter white question mark and walter's just like yeah, yeah, you got me. Uh, and uh, but Walter's a smart dude. He's quick, and he says, "You know who it is, Hank? It's it's Walt Whitman, the poet." Yeah, well, the poet that you know, um, Gail's kind of spun off this poet to to Walter quite a while ago. Good mm-hmm. for him from having the memory because yeah, he was able to use that right away. There was even a poem in the book too, so it kind of you right. know covered that all for 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 Walter, but. You know, this is another time where, you know, Hank, he, he basically exposes Walter right to his face. And Walter is kind of like, oh, and kind of outsmarts him just to, mm-hmm. just by a little bit. And, you know, obviously kind of leads Hank astray. Yeah, Hank has had him a few times. And, it, you know, it's just the trust that he has. And to be fair to Hank, 
we, we trust who we trust, you know, mm-hmm. it, you would never suspect somebody that, you know, like a Walter, who's just a teacher. I, I think anyway, Shay, that he would do something like, especially somebody that's in your inner circle. If you think, you know, somebody pretty well, you wouldn't suspect that they, you know, break bad, uh, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Fair. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I don't, I wouldn't peg, uh, peg you to go do this or, you know, may, maybe vice versa. Maybe you would for me, but we'll, we'll, we'll dive into I have that. My suspicions. I yeah. have my suspicions. A lot of people but do. No, it. Basically what this, this, you know, this dinner comes down to is basically them telling them, like we said, and the reading off this script that they, that, you know, mm-hmm. Skylar just so elegantly put it and, you know, really comes down to it and they do a great job of executing it, but obviously they don't get the reaction maybe they thought, you know, instead of being maybe upset or sad, they're more happy if anything. Walter Jr. is going to like, that's sick, Dad. Like, you know, yeah. how'd you do it? Why'd you stop? And Walter kind of has to go, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm deeply ashamed of myself. Like, uh, I really shouldn't have done this, son. Yeah, and Walter's defense, there's a bigger question, Chase. Should he be ashamed? If you made a bunch of money gambling like this, would you be ashamed? I mean, no, I, I, I don't, I don't think I would be. I mean, if you said you had a real problem and you know you, mm-hmm. you, you're fessing up to that, yes. But the fact that he did so well kind of goes against the fact that is it really a problem if you're making money from it? Right. But, you know, Walter, in the same sense, they're trying to put to put to bed this this how you know how how you came up with buying a little car wash right so yeah. now he's in real or not relapse i guess he's in uh he's in rehab i guess you yeah. could say because earlier in this episode they you know i guess to keep up with this image they actually did they end up going to like an aa like meeting for for gambling addicts right so yeah they, they got every every nook and cranny covered uh skylar's very thorough and to her credit she's she's helping walter a lot because Without her, his story would be a lot more loose and have, I think it would have a lot more holes in it. And she knows that because he's a, he's a loose character. But uh, Walt's kind of freaked out that Hank's still looking into this, that they could possibly be connected. And he goes over to Jesse's and he's looking for Jesse and it's, it's a mess in there. More and more graffiti. They got more, like you said, terrible people in there. And they get in there, and Jesse's in the process of shaving people's heads. He's now got the shaved head look going, and he's shaving this weirdo's head on the stairs, and he's just not even giving Walt the time of day. No, yeah, so Walter's over there basically to get every single detail of, you know, did, did you lay any fingerprints, you know, any, anything you can tell him about Gail's murder so that they're on the same page. And we, we got to remember that Jesse is just traumatized by this. He's, mm-hmm. you know, he, he doesn't want to talk about it. He wants to just bury it deep, deep down and not bring it back up. So he's like, you said, he's not giving Walter anything and even goes as far as who wants to make a hundred bucks and, you know, gives two weirdos you know, money to, to get Walter the hell out of his house. Yeah. He, yeah, he still doesn't want to deal with it. He kicks him out. So what does Walt do when he panics? You go see better call Saul. You know, he, go, he goes to see Saul and about Jesse and he tells him to chill out. But, you know, Walt goes off and says he's kind of a, a liability at this point because he knows everything he's. And the more he acts like this is Gus is going to Gus is going to see him as a liability. 
and Gus is going to kill him. He's not going to let him, you know, he's not going to let him roam free and be a, a really a loose end for, for, for him. He'll, he'll be kicked, uh, killed, you know, sooner than we think. Yeah. But to, to, you know, to Jesse right now, he is just rotting, rotting away basically mm-hmm. from the inside out. And, you know, someone like that is definitely a liability. Someone who doesn't care if they live or die. Well, mm-hmm. you know, what, what's to them if they, you know, they, you know, if they get caught, say he was to get caught by the, the police. Well, you know, if he doesn't care about living or dying, then what's it to him if he ends up spilling the beans on Gus or Walter for that matter and ruining the whole operation. So, you know, Gus, uh, Mike ends up meeting with Gus. I think it's in this episode and basically says, you know, this kid doesn't care. You know, he's, he, he doesn't care if he lives or dies. I really think he's a major liability. And uh, we'll get to that in a bit. I think, I, mean, I think I missed the part where, um, Gus and ooh, it's a, ooh, who's Victor's replacement? Uh, Tyrese. Tyrese, yes. So, Mike, Mike, and Tyrese bring uh, bring something back for for um, uh, for Jesse in, in the meantime because he's like he said he doesn't really care what he gains or loses. Doesn't really care about money. As you mm-hmm. see, he's throwing money around. And at one point, someone goes up and steals basically a whole cash. Uh, about seventy to eighty thousand dollars from Jesse, and he looks in the drawer and closes the drawer, and it doesn't phase him one bit. He doesn't really care. Yeah, that's quite the scene because you're right. He, he leaves to go to work, and he tells this crazy meth head who's talking to himself. Basically, he's talking about zombies and walls and uh, whatever he's going on, and he says, "Go get pizza for everybody. When I come back, there better be pizza." And he goes up to get cash, but there's this guy with a with a face tat uh and i got tattoos but i don't got a face tat that's no face that's, tat. that's more hard that's more hardcore than than me he's sitting you can sit there he's sitting there listening he's just like mm. and he sees him come back with a bunch of cash and when jesse comes home he grabs this kind of uh you know this like this chick on the stairs they go up to play you know mario kart dui or something and uh he he's uh he looks, he's like, say he stares at his drawer where the money is. It's completely empty. He has no reaction. None. Like he doesn't, he doesn't do anything. He just continues to play the game. Yeah, exactly. And it doesn't phase him whatsoever. And, you know, he goes to bed that night and wakes up to Mike in his house, basically saying, yeah. you know, get, get the hell up and get down, get downstairs because, you know, this, this ends now. And it's, Jesse to, you know, they have this guy basically tied up, beat up and in the middle of his room, in the middle of his living room, all the people who were there formerly kind of all gone. And it's just Mike Tyrese and this tied up guy. Mike just says, you know, you know, here's your money. You know, what what do you think we're going to do with this guy now? And Jesse goes, I don't really care. And, you know, just basically goes back to bed. I'm like, I'm done with this. Yeah. He even calls their bluff. He goes, I know you're not going to kill him because he's got a blindfold on and it's, a ballsy thing to say, and you go, you know, this guy's scared, petrified on on the floor. He mentioned that he pissed himself, and uh, he. So yeah, but Jesse's just so out of it, and like you said, he goes to meet with Gus. He says something has to be done with him. He can't. He's too much of a risk, and we see that Walt. We kind of pivot. It's a sharp cut. Walter showing up to the lab. And Jesse is a no-show. He's calling his cell. He can't reach him. So he's kind of looking at the, at the camera being like, well, where the hell is he? Like, where's Jesse? 
and he leaves leaves the lab in just a panic state, driving as fast as he possibly can. Even on the drive to Jesse's, he's calling, he calls Skylar and leaves this really, she's not home, but leaves a message about how he loves her and, and he loves the kids and he, he was thinking about them because he, I, in my mind, Jay, Walt's thinking they're killing Jesse and I'm not going to be, you know, long after. Yeah, yeah, he's really just kind of giving us a safe blanket to, you know, if I if, if Jesse's not going to last long, I, who knows how much longer I have mm-hmm. myself, so I'm just going to get this over with. Or it really seems like at that point he's going in guns blazing, as you can see yeah. from, the, from behind the seat. He pulls out his little revolver, his little snub, and basically he might go in there, he might go down shooting essentially is what it looks like because he, he's willing to do anything to save Jesse um but yeah break at one point breaks into jesse's home sees that jesse's phone's not there yeah and it's really just kind of in a panic state um because at this point to finish off the episode all we all we really know is mike and jesse are taking a drive and, and that's really the last scene we see so from you know, the first time you're watching this are you are you thinking that this is it for jesse are you thinking like this is the end it it seems that way but it you know mike Mike is a, an assassin for sure, but it, uh, with no phone, that was a good touch by, by the writers that he doesn't have any communication to get a hold of anybody. He doesn't have his gun with him. So yeah. I'm at the end of, I think I was thinking maybe, maybe they're just taking him out and going to beat him up, you know, give him a good beating or something to kind of send a message. But it was a lot of uncertainty when I, when I watched this episode. I'm glad these two are, are together for us because they go so well together. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And we'll get into that more into uh, next next episode named Shotgun. Um, yeah. But, yeah, just the conversation that Gus and Mike end up having kind of, yeah. you know, with, with the concern of what's happening to Jesse. Really, the first time I watched this, I was like, okay, well, this like this is it. Just because Gus's answer is so obscure mm-hmm. and basically doesn't leave a real definitive answer on what they want to do. But instead, you know, we, we know that Gus is a smart guy and he's, you know, good at solving problems such as this one and dealing with junkies. Yeah, he, I love, I love the character of Gus as well, but I love the writers and how they uh, script him because he, you're right. Every, every conversation he leaves, he doesn't give a definitive answer. Like he'll ask Mike, how's this situation? And he'll just give like a, okay. And then just leave the car. And then you're like, what, what does he think about this? You don't know until, and then it'll jump cut to later an episode or the next episode where he eliminates a cartel boss or he acts on it. And you never know until it happens in, in the present. Yeah. A lot of quiet moves from uh, Gustavo fringe for, for mm-hmm. sure. So, yeah, we, like you said, the episode ends with them, uh, Jesse and Mike uh, driving out to God knows where. So we see Walt, he was at Jesse's. He's gone. He's calling Jesse again, but he knows no one's there. So he calls Saul and he says, I don't know what's going to happen, but all my money goes to Skylar. Give it to within a week. It should be with her, with her. I don't know what's happening. Make sure she gets it. Saul. like, make sure she gets it and calls her and the kids, like I said, but like I said, he has his little uh, snub 38. And what does he do? This, you know, he's like a kamikaze pilot here. He's full tilt. He drives straight to Los Polos Hermanos. 
Yeah, he's he's on the verge of, you know, seems like snapping as he tries to look for Gus. Mm-hmm. He walks in, gun in his pocket. He he looks pissed, as pissed as he's ever looked. Mm-hmm. And basically just gets to the front, asks for Gus, has a stare off with the uh, the manager of the store, which I thought was really, really funny because yeah. this girl can't be much older or younger than we are, Juggy, but she really does like give it back to him the few times we see her on this show. Yeah, she's not and, afraid. Yeah, no, not afraid whatsoever and kind of backs him down a little bit. And Walter says, I can wait. I, I can wait for him. Just go talk to him and tell him to get him. To, it says, he says, it's Walter White. He'll know. He kind of played that card. Like, oh, yeah. it's like if we were at, you say you were at a restaurant or something, it's like, oh, it's, it's you know, it's Juggy. You yeah. know, that the owner should know. Yeah. He played one of those cards. Right. Yeah. No, I, I, you're right. And he goes, I saw his car. I know he's here. Go get him. And he's sitting there and he, he kind of gets unnerved a little bit because this group of uh, Spanish, you know, Spanish looking guys come in. And he's kind of, oh, he's got holding the gun. And, but, he gets a call and it's from Mike and Mike's like, Walter, what the hell are you doing? And he goes, where's Jesse? And he goes, he's with me. And he, okay. So he throws Jesse on the phone and they have this very, very funny exchange where Jesse just gives him nothing. Yeah. It's like Walter's been worried sick and, you know, basically worried sick about where Jesse's been over the last course of an hour or so thinking that he's probably going to die. And Jesse's just basically like, I, oh, you know, he's like, you know, Jess, where are you guys going? I don't know. Oh, are you okay? Well, I, I don't really know. I'm just driving. Yeah. <laughs> and it's basically not giving him nothing, but at the same sense, Jess, it's, it's, we know that it's Jesse's, you know, new mind state where he's mm-hmm. just, he doesn't care. He doesn't care about life and in general. Yeah. And he, it, it gets to the point where, you know, it's bad because Walt says, put, put Mike back on the phone. And you know, Mike <laughs> yeah, gives nothing exactly. either. So he's just, he's with me for today, Walter. Go to the go to the lab and cook. That's your that's your job. So they kind of hang they they hang up the phone, but Walt's not cool with this. He still doesn't trust them. So he goes behind the counter, barges through the door, and goes straight into Gus's office. Yeah, to, only to find an empty office and uh, an even more pissed off manager, unfortunately. Yeah. The manager is basically saying, sir, you can't be back here. This is office staff only. And, you know, gives gives him the boot. Really embarrassing moment for Walter. Um, the whole time he's kind of been on camera, He's he's got this new thing because he's on camera at his new lab. Now that he he's seeing it, almost feels like Gus has eyes on him constantly. And I think that it's starting to make him a little paranoid now. Uh, absolutely we see uh, he hates being watched or being monitored and it, yeah that red light is all is on the cameras in the lab and then at los polos and he i think he feels like that's like an eye or something kind of like you know mm-hmm. lord of the ring style and it's mm-hmm. like you know watching him the whole time so he's yeah he's very uncomfortable with it uh but he had the gun in the pocket loaded but nothing nothing came of it yet um Mike and Jesse are just driving in, in silence. And, but about halfway through the drive, Jesse kind of puts it together. Okay. Am I about to be killed here? Like he's not getting any information. They're in the middle of a desert. And what funny moment, he pulls out his keys. He's got a huge key ring and he kind of grabs one of them and kind of has this makeshift shiv. And he's ready to you know go toe to toe with Mike if need be. 
Yeah, it's it's kind of nice because you see this, you know, actual fear fear of death slash mm-hmm. I want to live moment come out of Jesse because he's like, okay, I'm I might actually be in trouble here, and even though I want maybe not, maybe I want, want to die. Well, I don't want to die way out here for nothing. And Mike gets out of this basically deserted little shack looking area, mm-hmm. and you know gets out, pops a trunk, grabs a shovel, goes and digs up something. And basically Jesse's kind of like just looking around, like, is he going to get me? Like, is this it? And it's this intense moment where, you know, Mike's walking right up to Jesse with the shovel and you're like, okay, he's going to get him. And he ends up just blowing right by him and going, digging up a hole. Yeah. It's like this little hole in the ground. He digs up a a bag of cash and Jesse's like, wait, what's going on? He goes, "Uh, we got to do six of these today. I want to get them done. By before it gets dark out so like get you get let's get back in the car like, let's go we got a lot of driving due today so basically in a sense Shay, jesse's on a ride along with mike yeah yeah exactly it's it's you know it's not what we thought it's kind of basically the polar opposite where we thought maybe mike was taking him out but instead he seems to be getting deeper in or at at, at least he's you know doing something else for for gus instead of just cooking meth yeah um and we see the they're basically a bunch of dead drops where they're getting they're getting cash and second one they're at an abandoned building and it's funny because when Mike comes outside Jesse's standing by the car with this you know one hand over the other kind of like you're you know listening to national anthem standing for the national anthem but standing guard and Mike's like what the hell are you doing and he kind of goes I'm your I'm your bodyguard right like I'm your backup like I gotta make sure you're okay so he's just standing in formation uh you know acting as mike's uh confidant in this in this sense when we very know mike does not need a confidant no. he's perfectly <laughs> capable of taking care of himself and if anything someone needs to bodyguard jesse because you know his his track record's not is not too squeaky clean no he gets beat up a lot uh <laughs> and he gets in some tough situations show, yeah. so yeah. but that, that, i love that uh scene and so even Jesse pipes in, well, if I'm your, if I'm your guy, like, I think I need a gun. And Mike's like, no, no, you don't. And we pivot to this montage of them driving. And we clearly see it's a lot, a lot of driving. And Jesse is just bored out of his mind. He's not allowed to smoke in the car. So he starts just playing the drums, doing his little fallacies fallacies song trying to trying to put on the radio mike turns it off he's playing with the seatbelt. he's just he's dying of boredom yeah this you know this is a regular thing for mike it seems but for jesse this is going to be the most boring way to make him make a killing whatsoever because mm-hmm. he's used to you know slinging math probably at least 12 hours in a day and now he's kind of just sitting there doing nothing yeah, and eventually he just starts talking, asking question after question, and he's just, you know, where when is this ending? And am I like, am I part of the inner circle now? Like I got, I'm like your right hand man. I think I'm the guy. And Mike just has had enough, and he goes, "No, you're not the guy. I had the guy, but he's dead. And now for some reason, I have to babysit you. But shut up." And we're just going to finish these drives today. But he's just had enough with Jesse and his, and his just his stupid antics. Yeah. And this, this kind of refers to something that we, we spoke about earlier in the, the last couple of weeks 
uh, and Victor. And, you know, it seems like Mike and Victor did have a, a pretty decent relationship. Yeah. And, you know, we can only assume that Mike's reference is to, is to Victor and that he was kind of his right-hand man. And, you know, he helped him along. And like we said, Mike might be still a little pissed off about this. And the fact that, you know, Gus was so easy to just kill him for practically nothing, really. Yeah, no, great point. Because, yeah, he, I think he really liked, obviously, he liked Victor. He's good. They had a good working relationship where they didn't have to talk much, probably, knowing Mike. They could just nonverbal communication and, you know, get the work done and then move on from there. Jesse is the polar opposite of that. Um, so, Walt does do what he's told. He goes to the lab to cook by himself. But we see him. He's breathing heavy in, in, the, in the big suit. And then he gets on the forklift trying to move the big barrel and he can't do it. You know, it drops on the floor and he kind of, he kind of snaps at, uh, at, uh, at the camera saying, get me some help here. Yeah. Just yelling at the camera, basically saying, I'm not working until I get Jesse back. Mm-hmm. And you know, the door opens and who comes out, but Tyrese and, you know, Walter just basically, you know, just blammers on just says, you know, you, when is Jesse coming back? Like, this is a two man job. I can't be doing this by myself. It's not safe. You know, Je- Jesse runs the forklift. I don't do the forklift. <laughs> and it's funny because Tyrese has the same, you know, everyone from Gus's circle will say has the same theme. They're quiet men. They're all yeah. quiet men. None of them are chatty. Tyrese just walks up to the forklift, basically loads the barrel and says, Where do you want it? Yeah. And basically, in, in, indirectly saying, like, I'm going to work with you for the day while mm-hmm. Jesse's gone. Yeah. Yeah, and what we're doing the work. Jesse's not coming. Deal with it. And um, yeah, Walt is even more pissed off because he's not getting his way. Um, so in in the meantime, uh, Jess, uh, uh, Walt and Skyler sign off on the car wash. So it's, it is official now. I mentioned it. Uh, it happened in the last episode, but they're dotting a few I's, crossing a few T's. But they've they've got it done. And you know, Skyler is nervous about it, but Walt says they'll be fine. And then while she's there, she goes, Oh, I see a message. And it plays Walters. And he's in this state where he thinks he might be killed. He, you know, he says, I love you and the kids. I'm just thinking about you. And this gesture of, um, you know, the, the love and, you know, Walt showing, showing her that he cares clearly, uh, was, was tempting enough because they end up, um, in bed together yeah they, uh, they're getting after it in the bedroom getting, getting a little freaky and uh it's funny because this isn't the reaction i thought i, I thought skylar would hear this and say you know what the hell did you get yourself into yeah. you're in danger but she hears she hears it a different way she hears it as oh like walter you know may, walter's starting to come around and you know he he clearly just saying how much he loves us and and you know basically takes it on the softer cheek i guess you could say and yeah, they, they kind of do it. And, you know, they're, they're in bed together, kind of nice moment. They're just talking, they're kind of being, you know, uh, vulnerable to each other. And, you know, Walter Jr. kind of comes home and, you know, catches some of the action, we'll say. Yeah, the, the jig's up because he sees the car in the driveway. He goes, and Walt answers first, uh, hey, buddy, we'll be out in like five minutes. And he's just kind of like, ugh, he's kind of grossed out. <laughs> but it's funny the next morning because he's kind of he's at the same time he's happy that um that his parents are back together and he 
you know, even pipes in that Skyler told him that Walt will be moving back in on Tuesday. So uh, it looks like Walter's going to be back, uh, back home uh, permanently. And it's, and it's funny because Walter and, and Skylar talk about this, but when Skylar tells, you know, it's, it's when Walter's reaction to what Walter Jr. says about him moving back in, you, you think he'd be more excited, but he's kind of a little, Not. he's kind of a little ticked. It's kind of yeah. like, oh, like you didn't really, you, she kind of announced it without really Walter giving the green light on it. And mm-hmm. I think he's a little pissed that, you know, he's not in total control of that, that whole situation. Totally agree. And I think it, it, it's her making the decisions for the family when, yeah. you know, he ha- he doesn't have control of, you know, he's the breadwinner, but nobody knows it. Or he's the breadwinner and everybody hates the way he went about it. He's the shitty husband and it affected their relationship. He's still that guy at heart that has the low self-esteem that was worked at Gray Matter and then had to become a, a chemistry teacher making, you know, a very minimal sal- salary. So I think it's in this sense, him being uh, for back for a letter term, uh, back for a letter word, you know, pussy whipped and the, the woman in the relationship dominating him and not, uh, you know, not allowing him to make his own decisions. Yeah, because even though, you know, it was on his own terms and he said, you know, oh, yeah, like, yeah, I'm coming home. And he was the one to say it to Walter Jr. and to basically agree to it. I'm sure it'd be fine. But because, you know, now it's coming from Skyler, it's it seems like, you know, he's used to making his own decisions at this point and he's a little pissed about it. But that's, you know, that's we'll get into that a little a little later. Um, I believe now we're still in the, the, the montage of Jesse and. Uh, yeah. Jesse right. and Mike and they they come to what seems like their last location at dark and Mike's goes into this obscure building and nothing seems to be wrong but Jesse's in the in, in the in the shotgun seat and he takes a look in the rear view mirror and sees a man walking towards him with a shotgun yeah so he he's like oh crap so what does he do he puts the car puts the car in gear and just start he floors it going backwards and this guy has to dive out of the way, almost getting hit by the car. Jesse smashes into his vehicle, jumps in the in the in the driver's seat, and takes off. You know, in a, in a frenzy, the guy gets in the car and starts tailing Jesse. And Mike just catches the last moment of it. He's coming outside, running after the vehicle, but he's basically just left there holding the bag, literally. Yeah, he, you know, this this just seems like a uh, another attack, like like the one in the beginning of the last episode where the cartel are taking them out at these drops and you know taking out their product. And Mike's kind of walking on the side of the road. He's calling. He's like, "You're gonna have to come pick me up." The kid left me. Um, you know, two two vehicles tracing us. And sure enough, Jesse pulls up and says, "Get in." And you know, he's he, like like he is whenever a big event comes. Like he's kind of bouncing wall to wall. He's excited, but at the same time, he's kind of just like in a frenzy, I think. And, you know, he's excited to tell Mike and he goes, lights up a cigarette. He's like, oh, and Mike kind of gives him the green light saying, no, you did good kid. Like light it up in the car. So it was a a big moment for for Jesse as he feels like he accomplished and helped uh, instead of just sitting in the car like he did all day. Right. He was the the hero, so to speak. You know, Jesse had this, had this big moment and Mike, we even see him, he smiles, he says, smoke up, kid, you know, you're good, and uh, he, fe- this is Jesse's shade to a T, he feels important, he feels wanted, he never, Walter never gives him that feeling, he never mm-hmm. has that, he's always second fiddle, or he's, 
put down for being a junkie or being this and that, where in this moment, he was the sole hero. He had to act on his feet and he protected Mike and the product and he, he got the job done. There's even been times where Jesse's done well with, with Walter and mm-hmm. Walter says, oh, well, I would have done this differently or, oh, you, you know, still kind of critiques, critiques him in the sense, but, you know, he does get the nod and says, you know, you maybe not directly, but Mike does it, give him the good job kid by, you know, tell him to, tell him to light up and, you know, ruin his lungs. Right. So we see Mike goes to see Gus and we learn that the whole thing was staged. This was one of one of Gus's guys or, or, or Mike's guys. He says, I'll reimburse you for the cars, of course. But um, he goes, you know, Jesse believes he was a hero. And, you know, I think you're right. Like he's he's changed. Like I think he's got a different mindset now. And clearly Gus's plan, maybe not to get Jesse completely away from Walt, but to start the transition was to get him part of the you know, work, get a working relationship with him, get him involved with Mike. And uh, it seems to have worked for right now. Yeah. You could say that whole act was basically one of two things was to basically test Jesse in the sense to see how he would do under a pressure like that. Would Mm -hmm. he, you know, would he drive away? Would he leave Mike? Would he, you know, take, try and do his best to take out the guys or would he just basically hide and, you know, let Mike get taken out? So it was, it was kind of both, and, and it was also, um, you know, Gus said it before, he's not going to use fear as a motivator. So he wasn't going to kill Jesse just because, yeah. you know, he was a nuisance. Well, what's he going to do? He's going to kind of turn him, um, and he's going to do his best to keep him busy, and but at the same time keep him under Mike's eye. Because if he's working with Mike all the time, well, he can't get into trouble that way. Right, and he might start to act more like Mike. Who we know yeah, that's exactly who Walt, oh, Gus likes. It's his ideal employee. Yeah, he, he has no questions. He doesn't complain. He just does his job and he goes home. And I, I think that's exactly who he's looking for. So the next day, Walt gets to the lab and who's already there? Jesse. And he's he's listening to music and Walt's like, Jesse, are you okay? He goes, Yeah, just crushing the ice. And he's got all the blue hammering it with with the with the with the stick or whatever. And he says, what did you do yesterday? I just drove around with Mike and I helped him when we were trying to, when we were going to get robbed, you know, just taking care of business. I'm taking care of business here with the meth. Like, let's, let's get to cooking. Let's get to work. Let's take, it's TCB. And he different, completely different Jesse. Yes. It's, it's, it seems like it's kind of a motivator and he goes, Oh shoot. I, like I can work until this time, but it also, and he basically says I have two jobs and his two yeah. jobs are to cook meth. And at the same time, uh, work with Mike and, you know, go on these little ride alongs. And he's like, yeah, I guess I'm like Mike's guy. And Walter's a little worried because he's like, yeah, well, that's not a good thing because that just means he's getting closer to Gus and further away from himself. Yeah. And he even tries to put him down a little bit. Cause he goes, Jesse, you're there one day. You're not the guy. Like you're not like they don't view you as important. He goes, well, I don't know. Mike's bringing me out again. So clearly I'm, I'm more important than you think I am. And yeah, he, but again, you're right. It's Jesse getting pulled. And the thing is, Jesse really actually, even though they talk very little, he likes Mike. We've known that from the, from the beginning, he seems to have this connection with Mike and, uh, I, I don't really know. We learn more about it. We see it more as the show goes on, but he's, he sees something in Mike that he really is, is gravitated to. 
yeah, so that's that's kind of what it, it as and that story kind of lines for the uh, the end of the episode. Really, it kind of just gives it, you know, you could see what's happening, and in the sense that Gus is trying to, you know, get get these two to work together to basically one get Jesse away from this lifestyle that he's mm-hmm. you know implemented himself into by surrounding himself with the, you know, just toxic poisonous people and just putting him to work all the time because if he's working 24 hours of the day well you know obviously he can't get into the, all that much trouble because he's going to be too busy right so the last part of this episode is super interesting so the the whites are at the Schraders again the Hank and Marie's for for dinner once again and Walter is uh he's under a lot of stress Jesse thinking he might die he's been through a lot and He's pounding the wine into him. He's basically drank a bottle himself. He goes crack another one in the kitchen and he takes a good swig of it before he comes back. And Hank's talking about, you know, they're talking about the car wash and, you know, they talk about that, but the topic pivots to Gail. And Hank says, yeah, I'm off the case, but, you know, I got my Heisenberg, but, you know, we talk about smart people in life, but this guy is a genius. He's five star. Mm. He's a he's a chef. Like he he can cook anything. He could have saved humanity if he actually used his brain for something productive and something good. But and Walt is just sitting there with his good, you know, good uh get his good jag on, and he's just not having it. No, no, you can see him getting more, you know, at one point he's basically scoffing at uh tanks and like you know, like and he hates that he's not getting credit and this is just a this is a repeating topic that goes on and on over the show where walter is just like ah like if he was probably up to him he'd probably just blurt it out like no like it was it was me i cooked that meth like i am heisenberg yeah but walter goes he can't do that so what does he do he's got a second plane he goes you know yeah i've seen the work you know I, i looked at gail's notepad hank and he may be smart but I think he was, you know, I, I think he was copying somebody else, or I think this was somebody else's work. I, I don't think that this, this was Gail. Like, even though he seems like this genius, you know, he come up to be, you know, it could, looks just as easy that he could have copied off somebody else. And he even goes, well, maybe your Heisenberg is still out there. And you gotta remember, he's, he's pretty drunk. I'm sure he probably wouldn't have gone that far if he was, yeah. if he didn't have that much wine into him, but clearly it's his kind of his downfall. Yeah, what a what a mistake! And just, like you said, just the ego on Walter yeah. to, to blurt this out for no good reason. And so Hank's like, interesting. He he trusts Walt's opinion higher than almost anyone. I mean, he goes to him all the time for advice. So just okay. So we pivot to the next day, and in these two episodes, Shay, we do see a change in Hank. He's more yeah, of Hank. He's he's got. He seems more upbeat. He's nicer to Marie. He's um, in the wheelchair. He's not in bed all the time. And he's at the table and Marie comes in. He goes, you know, hey, babe. And she goes, what are you doing? And he goes, well, uh, Tim dropped off some more file boxes. And uh, Hank is, uh, you know, I, I'm i back. You know, I, I think there's more to this. I want to look into it. Like, I really want to get to the bottom of it. Is that okay? And Marie is beyond thrilled. She's seeing her husband back and she kind of says like, can I make you some coffee? And he goes, yeah, that'd be great. And it's, I really enjoyed this moment because you just see the two kind of reconnect and Hank become 
the, the nicer husband that we've seen earlier in the show. Yeah, it's, I think we spoke about it last week. The fact that, you know, he's got this, he's got his work underneath him now and he's yeah. got something to motivate him, you know, outside this, this house that he's mm-hmm. been trapped in because he's been, uh, he's been paralyzed basically. He, you know, he's, he's more of himself. He's more alert and he's not the slob, you know, you can tell like he, he started shaving again before when he was yeah. kind of just laying in bed all day, not doing anything. He was just unshaved on, you know, uncared for. But now he's taking care of himself a little bit better. He seems like when he was speaking with Walter and Skyler, you know, he's in a better mood. He's he, he's uppity, and you know, this is this is more of the Hank we've come to see. And you know, it's it is obviously a good thing for their relationship because, like we've seen before at the beginning of the season, they they're just off to a rough start. Um, that whole house, you know, house uh, opening house episode where you know that was basically Marie trying to cope with the fact that her relationships kind of gone to shit. Yeah. And now you can see it getting a lot better, but this is due to Hank uh, chasing Walter again. And obviously this is all Walter's fault. Right. So she's making coffee and he goes, Hmm. She goes, what's up? He goes, well, I just noticed something in, in this picture, you know, this guy that I'm chasing my, my genius, the scientist, he's all vegan and he's, you know, all natural products. So he goes, since when does a vegan go shopping at a chicken, a fast food chicken restaurant? And all we see in the picture is a bag from the Los Polos Hermanos restaurant. And it's a, it's a great way to end the episode because it puts Hank on the trail of the real, the real culprit here in Gus. But it's a, I love the ending of this episode. Yeah, kind of like a, lo- a couple episodes uh, prior when, you know, he's looking at Gail's, it's the end of his end of the episode and he's looking mm-hmm. at Gail's notepad, same thing, like, you know, Hank is just kind of getting back into it and you see him creeping and even though he can't do a ton because he's kind of stuck at home, he's still putting things together and he's still being Hank and figuring things out, kind of like when he, uh, he basically traced everything back to Jesse's RV and stolen, right. you know, the stolen RV that he found. Well, kind of, kind of getting here, he's starting to get that snowball going and as we progress throughout the season, we see that he gets uh, further and further into his lead. Yeah. So he, he's got a, an early sniff of a, of a trail here. Cause it, it does make a lot of sense. Why would he have a chicken bag? That's completely out of character. Uh, it'd be like me going to a, a vegan restaurant. Why the hell? What, like, you know, something's up. You ever see me uh, at, at a vegan, at a vegan chain, then, you know, something's going on uh, with me anyway. There's your, there's your, something's very uh, wrong. Yeah. Telltale sign that I'm up to no good. But yeah, the, uh, these are uh, episodes four and five of season four. We, we're, we're getting to the midway point of the season, Shay, and this is where it really starts to get interesting. Uh, the the trail is getting hotter. We got Jesse kind of getting back in it. Yeah, Gus becomes more and more involved. Uh, this is when the season really heats up for me. Yeah, just just like we said, this is because there's you know thirteen episodes. Obviously, this comes to the mid season finale. You could say that mm-hmm. we'll we'll cover next week. Uh, really, really good one. From what I can remember, if I'm thinking of the right, the right event that happens, um, you got the cartel, like you said, sneaking back in. They get more and more of a presence throughout the season, and you know it, it does just get better and better, really. And obviously, this new Jesse Mike combination that we we're really seeing for the first time that gets more involved. And I know, just like me, I think that you kind of love that aspect that you know Je- Jesse's being. They're kind of curing Jesse by not sending to rehab, but kind of just putting them with Mike, which is kind of like a rehab center. So. Right. Yeah. No, hardly any cigarettes, no booze, no drugs. You know, it's a yeah. very, 
no talking. Uh, it's just, it's just all, all work and you kind of forget about your past indiscretions. Uh, but yeah, we'll talk about episode six and seven next week. I, I know we texted about the Sopranos movie uh mm. the, that's coming out i believe tomorrow uh it's either tomorrow yep. or next week no you're uh, right tomorrow tomorrow yeah um do you plan on seeing that in theaters or are you gonna wait for that to yeah as, as, as a fan it's one of the one of the to me one of the greatest uh shows and you know in all of history at hbo obviously and uh no i think i'll check it out i've watched a couple of interviews with uh it's got an unbelievable cast i think that you know playing a son kind of reminds me of when uh in Straight Outta Compton, when Ice Cube's son, I yeah. kind of, his name's kind of blowing. He's he plays his father. This is kind of the same deal. Like maybe not. They're you know, obviously it's fictional characters, but at the same sense, I think it's going to be a it's going to be a great great movie. I I you know I feel I think he looks a lot like him, which makes the mm-hmm. character even way more believable. But um, no, October is a is a month of movies, Juggy, and you know there's there's going to be a ton coming out. Little couple a couple great scary movies for you know Halloween just Halloween just around the bend. Um, I got down Halloween, the new Halloween movie, Halloween Kills. Seems like Jamie Lee Curtis just can't put that franchise to bed, but uh, that's that's all right. I like to drag that one out. They all oh, they they've been dragging that one out for for quite some time. Uh, this new I watched the trailer for this Antlers movie. It looks pretty pretty interesting too. That's another scary one. Hmm. Uh, but anything else other than uh, you know um, uh, no the the many saints of, uh, of Newark. Newark. That's Newark. Yeah, that's the. The, the Sopranos movie. Is there anything else you're looking forward to? Um, I like watching James Bond movies in theaters. There's something about it that I like. I, I can pass or you know pass go on outside. Uh, I'm just watching it at home. Like uh, the last James Bond, I hated. Uh, Skyfall. So I hope this one's better. Uh, the last one was Spect- Spectre. Did you like? Oh, no, I, hate, I hated that Crystal. one, man. Whatever the last one was, I hated. Yeah. I, okay. I, do you, the the Do you feel the further you know Craig goes on with his movies, the you know the the less important, know. the less you know reasonable they can get? Yeah, because I I love Casino Royale. I thought that movie was great. great movie. I thought that was really like a fantastic film. Uh, but yeah, they've gotten progressively worse for me. I, I don't know why. There's no real reason. I kind of look at Jason Bourne the same ways. More and more you go, they get worse. Yeah. Um, but hopefully this is a good one. It's his last one. So hopefully it's not too uh, Fast and Furious-esque. It's somewhat realistic. That's all I'm hoping for. But yeah. um, I know you talked about it. Uh, Dune looks good. Um, I Again, you're more sci-fi than me. But I'm, I'm going to give it a go. I'm going to, Timothy Chamelet is, is good. Um, uh, you got uh, Matt Damon and uh, Ben Affleck, uh, who are good as well. So. Oh, the, the, yeah, the last the last duel, you mean? Yeah, that, that movie. That looks like a really, 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 I feel like that's a dad movie in the sense that, you know, mm-hmm. you, you and your old man would go to a flick like that. Right. But it, it yeah. does look really, really good. Great cast in that one. Uh, Adam Driver, Matt Damon, square off together. Um, no, I, I'm looking forward to doing though that that does look like a very intriguing movie. It's a movie they spent a lot of money making, so I hope it kind of lives up to the hype. And uh, yeah, it's it's got a got one of those casts where you just can't you can just name names off and off. You know, I think you know Batista even. He, yeah, he's, he's in there. I'm looking at the cast now. He is in it. Jason Momoa. Yeah, Jason Momoa. That um. I, I, I see his name all the time. The guy who plays Timothy Chalamet's father, I forget his name, Isaac, something Isaac. Oh, Oscar Isaac. 
Oscar Isaac, great actor too. He's, he's pretty, he's a quality guy. Um, but no, a lot of great actors coming to that one. The French Dispatch, which is Wes Anderson's new movie. That one looks pretty good. That's another movie with a ton of great actors in it. Um, that's at the end of the month. Um, movie I thought you would like, Chug, you'd be South, South of Heaven. Um, the new um, Jason Sudeikis movie. I'm going to look this down. South of Heaven. Yeah, so it's called South of Heaven. It's a movie about him. They let him out of jail to spend this last year with his wife. She's got okay. cancer, but then it turns into a whole bunch of other things. I know, but I just know from uh, past experience, like today, because, you know, obviously really doing really well with the, with the, to the Ted Lasso show from Apple, yeah. but I know this could be a branch up for him into film. I know he's done a lot of, out of uh, comedy films, but this could be a good, uh, you know, this could be a nice little change for him into something a little bit dramatic. Uh, Last Night in Soho looks like a great movie too. Anna Joy Taylor, great actor. Hopefully, you know, that that's, that comes at the end of the month as well. So tons and tons of great movies. I feel like this this could be the month of movies for the year. So I, I'm, I'm excited. I'm probably trying to catch two or three of them now. And uh, yeah, I know that. But like you said, no, uh, The Many Saints of, uh, of Newmark is definitely one on my list. And so is the James Bond one. Yeah, uh, but yeah, no, it looks, uh, Mission, I know Mission Impossible and that was supposed to come out this yeah. month. I got pushed back mm-hmm. and uh, uh, what a Goose and Maverick. What's that movie? Oh, um, Top Gun. Top Gun. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that, New Top Gun movie. that'll that'll be terrible or really good. There's no, <laughs> there's no in between. I, I, I have a feeling it's going to be really, really bad. Not, I don't have any bias against Miles Teller, but I find Miles Teller movies can be, he can be a bit much, and he, they can be making Yeah, bad. That, that movie he did with Jonah Hill could have been really good, and it wasn't, unfortunately. No, it was not that great. No, I agree. Yeah, War Dogs was could, could had a lot of potential to be a sick Jesus. movie. Yeah, that, that movie. Um, but he, he's been in a lot of those flicks where, like, oh, this has a lot of potential, and just kind of turns out to be to be trash. But who knows? Yeah. It's, we're, I'm, I'm excited that movies are back. You know, it's been like 18. Yeah. You know, there's been movies thrown it, you know, here and there. But to see, you know, really like big budget films come back. And I even saw that in 2022, Ozark is, it will be on Netflix, both parts. That's sooner than I thought it would be back. I'm stoked for that to see the the final season of Ozark. So it's just good to see the movies are coming back and uh, they can do thing. You know, they can start filming and getting back to normal. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. I know. Uh, I know even though around here feels feels like we're going in the opposite direction, but uh, at least at least we'll get some good uh, some good cinema coming up for sure. Yeah, we can watch some cinema. Hopefully when we get in there in the dark, nobody can see me without a mask on and we'll just be a OK. But Any big plans uh, for you coming up this week, uh, this week. Uh, well, now that I see all the movies, I might go tomorrow night or something. Maybe who knows? Uh, hang out with Dirk. She's barking. Um, Watch that. This really good college football weekend. There's some great old Miss Alabama is a great game. You got Arkansas, Georgia, the number two and number eight, eighth ranked teams in the, in the country, Cincinnati, Notre Dame, number seven and number nine meeting. So a lot of big matchups uh, this weekend. And then of course you got the NFL. Uh, you got some uh, baseballs so in the last weekend of the regular season. So still a lot to be decided down the stretch. So mm-hmm. some good sports, and then uh, we'll podcast next week, and me and you will be uh, uh, reuniting in in, uh, in Fred City uh, to watch uh, my sister uh, play her first game as a UMB Red. Excited, excited for the chance, and uh, I know it's going to be good. 
I know how much you love uh, uh, women's hockey, and uh, yeah, it's, I like it's, it more than be, I, I than I used to. You you've yeah. definitely warmed up before. My friend here would have would have probably never taken in a, a women's hockey game, but you definitely took the turn, and uh, you're yeah. you're a lot better now. Um, no, look forward to that. We're going to be speaking a couple times because we have this podcast. Yeah, and then that's true. We, we speak Wednesday about a little NHL preview, which is just mm-hmm. around the corner with a uh, mm-hmm. friend of the pod, Casey Ward. So it's going to be nice to have him back. Yeah. And uh, I'm excited to hear some takes. I got some questions for both you guys I want to ask. Ooh. I have some things I've been stirring up and thinking about. But uh, I like it. no, look, looking forward to that. Going to be seeing you a few times next week. Yeah, and I'm looking forward to seeing your top 10 player rankings. Yeah. Probably five or six Leafs in there, and then uh, I'll sprinkle in some other. Peter Morazic rising up the ranks game by game. Uh, but no, great pod today, Shay, and we'll we'll uh, talk uh, like you said a couple times next week. Sounds good. All right, buddy. Well, thanks for tuning in. Uh, I'll be back later to talk with Ben Murray about Week Four in the NFL. So uh, tune in for that. But uh, lots coming here into the point. Uh, until then, stay safe, stay healthy, and we'll talk soon.